We have made it to the fourth candle of Advent. That means we've we've done hope and joy and on the verge of the arrival of the Messiah. So our anticipation is supposed to be growing. I hope so. And you've gotten all your Christmas shopping done and all the planning for the meals and right. Okay. You need peace. So we will do, we will do that. We will get into this one. It is part of the unexpected Messiah series. So some of this is what people were looking for in Jesus and his coming. And then there are aspects of this that are just surprising. And we get to experience it because we are 2,000 years past this and we are privileged to be able to experience the things that, that God has, has brought into the world and made available to us. So what is peace? Uh, you can look on the screen and see some of these things. Peace is a stress-free state of security and calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war, everything coexisting in perfect harmony and freedom. That I found online, so it's true. It's from vocabulary.com. And and you go, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. A freedom from disturbance, a cessation of all conflict, uh, kind of kind of idea and then there's the greeting you know people use peace out so we're you know we're throwing in their peace signs there's peace all kinds of things going on and we sort of long for that if you've been around turmoil things have been happening so you kind of you know bring me some some of that so here's some harmonizing and john lennon's song and all we are saying is give peace a chance he had, you know, the song, the the album. He proclaimed it. It was a theme in that generation. It was something that was just a big deal. You realize he's from a group that had four guys, right? They're called the Beatles. Maybe you've heard of them. So they got along so well that he has a solo career when he does this song. You putting those pieces together, that whole give peace a chance thing. He wasn't practicing that. He he didn't get along with Paul and Ringo. It, it just it was just kind of a you know problem. Why is that? Why is it that we think this is a great thing? We can proclaim it. We can put it on placards and march in the streets while we're rioting. Demanding peace. Yeah, there's some kind of problem with the way we look at this and how we can how we operate in this. So here's some problems with people and peace. To begin with, people are people. Pretty much sums it up. People are driven by their own uh, desires, what they want, what they want to control. They want things the way they want it, when they want it, from whomever they want it, and if they don't get it that way, there is a lack of peace. So that's going to happen internally, and it's going to happen among people. So it's it's just a breakdown. People are just broken. Uh, God created us to be better, and 
our ancestors said no thanks and then when it came our turn we said no thanks and so we have kept track uh, tracking the same direction that they were people are people personal peace is limited the whole idea of uh, well i could i could just have peace if i if i controlled my environment if if i meditate if i get if i can just get the right circumstances if somebody would stop doing whatever it is they're doing i would have peace and you go huh maybe some of those things are true but it's still just going only going to go so far and the peace that we generate even within ourselves when we when we kind of get on top of all of those things we get them all lined up that peace is still limited to us to how far we can go to our mental capacity, to what we understand peace to be, because we don't even know that goal all that well. Okay, I can get to some kind of closeness or something that looks like peace, but it's still limited. It's still limited. Uh, Societal peace, that's stuff that happens in the community, the family, the community, the country, between country, all of this stuff relies on people. All of that relies on people. So when you're looking at societies and you're going, well, why can't we get along? How come John Lennon's song doesn't work? Because of us and because of them and because we all are missing it. And when we don't have that target in mind, we're going to miss it all the time. And we're not even trying to get there for the most part. Because we want to demand whatever it is in us. And whatever's uh, disheveled and whatever is driving us is taking us in a different direction. So, and the other guy is, just go down, the, drive down the highway. And you notice how everybody is polite and conscientious. And, and it's just working great. And drive through Tulsa at you know, 5 o'clock in the evening and see how that works. And you just go, huh. Even out here in a society where we kind of agree on a lot of things, we can't get along on the road. You know, that's, that's, how tough is that? And yet there's a lack of peace. And it, it's just everywhere. Then you've got national and international peace, and that depends on people in government. Again, we're relying on people who have no internal peace. They have limited peace when they do understand what it is. They can't exercise it fully, and now they're in charge of governments. Do you understand the problem with peace? And yet inside, people are going, yeah, I just, I long for peace. The people in Ukraine definitely long for peace. They've been invaded, things are bad, and people are fighting to get to peace. But even on a good day in Ukraine, limited still didn't know what it was we need it but it doesn't come from accomplishing these things it'll play a part so is peace possible can we have it can we experience it isaiah 9 verse 6 for a child is born to us a son is given to us the government 
will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Here's this promise from Isaiah. This is 800 years before Jesus is born. A promise. He's coming, and this is what he's going to bring. You go, well, you know, that's nice, but really, I was hoping for more tech, you know, or more energy-efficient vehicles, and, and maybe cell phones that didn't drop so often. You know, maybe that's what I'm looking for in a Messiah, because we all have some idea of, you know. And if you were promising something 800 years before it came, what kind of things would come to mind? If you did it now and said, boy, this is what we need, and I'm looking down the pike, and this, is, this would be the answer to the problems we have, to our broken hearts, to our broken relationships, to our broken international problems, what would that be? And God Almighty said, you know, I think I'll send my son, and he can do this. He's going to have these things. And he'll take the government. He'll take it on. Because he understands what this is. He understands what needs to happen, how people can actually function and live fulfilling lives. And I'm going to send him as the prince of peace. Wow. Yeah, we need that. We need him. So what kind of thing would that look like? If we're getting the, the prince of peace, what kind of thing would that look like peace for new creations in christ peace for new creations in christ peace from god provides an internal change from the holy spirit peace from god provides an internal change from the holy spirit there is something that happens when we come into this relationship with christ the prince of peace who can move into us and give us direction and, and change us so significantly that we are not operating the same way as we did without him. That limitation that I spoke of earlier is gone if we choose to do it his way, if we choose to lean on him, if we allow that uh, work that he wants to do in us to, to begin to reform so that we become a, a new person in Christ. So this, this, this process begins to change the way we operate. So we're told that there's a stone-cold heart in the midst of a human being and that God comes along and he changes it and he puts in this human heart or a heart that is caring and loving, and it, it takes on a whole new demeanor. So Jesus talks about that when he gets to the Sermon on the Mount, he, and he says, there's this whole thing about anger and blowing up and attacking each other. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be looking at how you can get everything from everybody. In fact, your heart will be so changed that you could take an enemy soldier's pack on your back and carry it. For him, not just what's required by the law. You go double that. So you go the second mile. Why? Gri griping about it, whining about it, 
complaining to God Almighty about it? No. You're so changed, so changed, that you just pick up the pack and you just go. How does that happen? We're limited. There is no way, even when we're trying, pretending, we can't do it. Because somewhere in there, the complaint will come. Have you been there? Notice that little thing sneaking out? A little bit of bitterness? Yeah, that happens. And Jesus said, now I'm going to make people who are so changed from the inside out. That doesn't doesn't happen anymore. They are so at peace within themselves and with God. Doesn't happen anymore. It's gone. He puts in a new heart. The Holy Spirit does this work. It changes us. We become something new. It is a process so that to, to get there, so that the anger is not riding on top, the demanding that I get attention, that I, that I am the center of everything in the family or at work or in this world is gone. No longer an issue. Because we have a relationship with God. We have peace with God, Romans 5, 1. We have peace with God because of what he has done. And it's so significant, it changes our character changes the way we operate, changes the way we see the world around us. So peace from God uh, provides an internal change from the Holy Spirit. And we can get there, and we begin to work on this, by uh, the way we work with our minds, because our minds are going to feed that heart. So peace comes from the God-empowered renewing of the mind. So as we draw near to him, and we get into the scriptures and we find out this is how God operates. This is the way God sees things. And if one of the problems we have in our culture, and, and this is among churches and Christians and just around the world, is wanting to make God understand our position and our culture and fit him into us, into this, into it. And God says, eh, I'm too big. I don't fit there. And he doesn't. The idea is we come into alignment with him. He's not coming into alignment with us. And so as we renew our minds and approach the world and the situations and the circumstances of life, however it's dealt to us, then we're renewing our minds because we're taking on his perception, his, his perspective, and we're drawing on his power, his ability to change us. As our minds begin to take on that kind of, of thinking, that worldview, we can handle a lot more things, and, and in ways that we never thought possible before. It can come from anywhere. It can come from any direction. It can come fast and hard, and we are okay. We understand, and we can see God at work. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we don't see it. It means we see it better, clearer, and with an understanding of what's happening, not only in the moment, but where we are placed in history and where we are placed in eternity, because this is bigger than right now. And he brings that together as we are renewing our mind, and we find peace because we know we're in the right place at the right time doing what we're supposed to be doing. And if we aren't, there's a lack of peace, as there should be. But this is to find that. This is peace for new creations in Christ. Peace 
is taught and modeled in Scripture. It's, it's seen in the lives of people who are faced with horrible situations and yet perfectly at peace. Paul gives this incredible statement in Philippians. And, and he says that you can find peace by praying. And people go, I tried that. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty much the same because I really, I'm using prayer to control the situation or control people or make things happen or make the government different or make, I'm just trying to make it where I think it should be. And if it does that, then I have peace. No, you don't. We're back to the limit thing. It comes from our minds and our desires and we want to work this thing. And that's not where it's found. Paul, when he writes Philippians, is in jail. He's in jail for something he didn't do. He's been in jail at this point about two years for something he didn't do. And he's writing to people explaining this is how you can walk with God and this is how you can experience peace. So, little Philippians 4, 7 and 8. So you pray with thanksgiving. You're looking to God. You're relying on him. You're going his way. Here you are in a situation where the, the main thing would be to complain, uh, to join a gang so you protect yourself, all the stuff you do. And he's going, no, no. You just walk with God. You lean on him. You pray. And then he says, as a result of this relationship, of this transformation that happens inside, God releases in you a peace that passes all understanding. It transcends everything we know. See the limitation? Our limitation is if it fits and I feel what I feel, the way I've always felt it when I thought I had peace. He goes, no, 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 no. This transcends anything you know, everything you know, everything you expect. It's far beyond all that. That that kind of peace that passes understanding, that's what you get. You come into his relationship with him. You do it his way. You lean on him. He says, I'm giving up everything I've had. He had advanced degrees. He was in the, in, in, within the Jewish sect. He was at the top of the heap making the good money. And he walked away from all of it. And he said, I consider it all garbage in comparison with Christ. I give it all up for Christ. And what's the difference? He winds up in jail two years for something he didn't do. And instead of complaining, instead of falling apart, instead of saying, boy, God, just tear down Rome. No. He says, pray. Just take it to the Lord with thanksgiving and let him do his thing and see the peace, that internal peace that you cannot manufacture and nobody can provide. And it doesn't matter what situation you're in. He's going to give it to you. A peace that passes understanding. And it's taught and modeled in scripture and, and a variety of scenes. And just read through and find them because they're just exciting to see what God's going to do with this. Peace is beyond human understanding. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit our, our models. And you can look up peace uh, 
online at vocabulary.com. And it says it's a stress-free state of security and calmness when there's no fighting or war. Great. Are people actually getting along or do they still, even if there's no war going on and everything looks great, how long does it take them until they're demanding something from another person or they don't like the way somebody said something or looked at them or the way that they put their dishes up or the way they eat their food or the food they make or you start coming up with, okay, what do we get? 24, 36 hours? And there it is, all over again, and that lack of peace. But when it's from God, it passes all understanding. It doesn't fit these definitions because you can't define the infinite. You cannot contain what he's offering. And he sent the Prince of Peace for us so that we can experience this new, new thing only available in and through him. Give God's peace a chance. Yeah, I did borrow that from somebody. Give God's peace a chance and see what he can do with this. So there's the whole mental. People are having all kinds of stuff going through their heads and it's clashing and and it's confusing and it's like I can't even think straight and all that. So there's this mash mental, and that's what peace will do is mash mental mayhem. When that, when God's peace comes in, those mental things are going to be addressed. He he can eliminate them in a heartbeat. He will guide us as we we are renewing our mind by getting close to Him, by getting into the Scriptures, by trusting Him, by prayer. And we begin to move away from the way we've always thought and doing what we've always done and discovering a whole new way of interacting with the world around us and finding that he has something better for us and we find it in our own heads because he will deal with that mental mayhem that is going just everywhere. He's going to fix focus because peace helps us to... to pull away from all of the things, the distractions. The devil is there and all of his minions to destroy you. So he's going to provide distractions. So if you try to spend time with God, you try to spend time in the scriptures, you try to spend time in prayer, how long does it take till your mind is wandering? You have, instead of focusing on the things that God wants to do in and through you, you've thought of every other problem, what you got to do that day, who ticked you off, who ticked you off 20 years ago, who might tick you off in five years or five minutes. And so all of it is going through your head. And you go, Where, why do I have to think about all that? Part of it's a mental mayhem. And some of it is there's helpers who are out there who want to take you down. And the focus requires peace. You have to be settled in your heart. You have to be renewing your mind. You have to recognize that there is one true God. And when you set your mind on him, you find peace. Isaiah 26, chapter 26, verse 3. That's where peace is. So you fix focus. You move in that direction. And you find a whole new world all around you as a result of that. Now you can think through situations. Think through truth. 
You can find your way through situations and, and understand better how people are doing what they're doing or saying what they're saying. And you can see through what governments are up to because you can now focus. It's amazing. I don't know if you've ever tried to cut bread with a brick. It just squishes. It's, just a, it's a surprising thing. But if you use a knife, it cuts right through it. Do you know what a knife does? Focuses the energy onto a small blade. What happens when your mind is a brick? And you're trying to solve the world's problems and tell everybody in your family how they should do it and how your world would be better if... And God's saying, just come to me. Enjoy my peace. Focus. Focus. And let me see what I can do. And it's just peace is part of it. Be steady in the storm. Things are happening. They're supposed to happen. It's life in this world. We are here to fight the battle. We are here to take this thing on. God has brought us into his family. Not so we can be patted on the head and and pampered, but so we become warriors. So we become part of what he is doing to defeat the darkness. The storm is going to be there. You go, well, you know, you can't believe what happened to me. Really? Really? It's part of the life in this world. When did you get the instruction in second or third grade that said, you get a pass? You. None of that tough stuff's coming your way. And if somebody told you that, they lied. And they never lived it. God is much more truthful. Yeah, it's coming. And guess what? I'm going to give you the ability to get through this. Not only to get through it, but to thrive in it. And not only that, you're going to do some good for some other people. You're going to make a difference in this world because you're going to get through it. That's what's going to happen to you. How do you get there in the midst of the storm when you can't think, your mind's all over the place, you're just mad, you don't want it, you don't want any part of it, and God says, how about peace? What if I give you peace? So if you are piloting a passenger jet, I know you've all dreamed of doing this, so you're flying the jet, and and your approach to life is to scream, to holler, to rage, to, to just have a meltdown, to be panicked, to, oh, my gosh, what might happen? To go from, okay, this is a situ- the light's on. I have to go to the worst-case scenario, which means the wings just fell off. So how am I going to process this horrible situation while I'm flying this plane with 241 passengers? Peace. Yeah, peace. You just flip that light. You do this. You follow this protocol. You fix that thing over there. Some of them crash. Yeah, but it's a small number compared to the number of flights that actually make it. Sometimes a guy will notice, oh, the engine's flamed out. I better land this thing in the river and save everybody. You go, huh, how do you do that? You've got to have peace. You're the panicky, oh, my gosh, 
So that's the guy, you want that guy driving your bus? You, got, you want that guy in government? You want that guy in your life? Do you want to be that guy? Peace makes the difference. Then we can get through. We can handle the storms. We can be steady in the storms, and it helps everybody. That's how come he said, I'm going to send the Prince of Peace. Some other aspects to this. Behold beauty. If you're all uptight, mental mayhem, things are hitting from every side, it's got to be just a particular, you can't see beauty. You can't absorb beauty. You can't enjoy the very things God has put all around you as an expression of his love in colors and and shapes. And he's just put all of these things so that you can enjoy situations with where maybe people or animals or the, the world at large. You can miss it. You just don't even see the sunsets. Everything goes black, just grays. You go, wow, missing all of it. But when you have peace, colors get brighter, gets better. It just comes with the process. You can taste joy. There are things in us that are wired by God to experience life at a higher level. And we can turn it off. We can avoid it. We can miss it. And one of those things that turns it on is getting peace, his peace, his way, and then allowing him to work in us and through us. And then joy becomes an experience. And we can take it in. We can taste it. Touch enlightenment. To discover new things, how things work, how people work, uh, the deepest things in, in another individual or a group of people, and you begin to appreciate them in ways that maybe you never did. Maybe understanding God's truth in such a way that it just almost lifts you off the ground. It is so great. And you go, oh, yeah, I need some more of that. And you begin to touch it. Enlightenment, not just the nuts and bolts of life. You get through that too. But how much better you can do that with peace to do it all. Walk in wonder to go through life and see the things that God has laid out. He has from the beginning. It's wrapped up in history. It's all around us in biology and astronomy. It's in all the, the things that we can discover in life conversations, people we would dismiss, and all of a sudden we wow, that's a neat person with an incredible life, and listen to their story. Now, we can't listen to their story if we have no wonder. We don't ask questions. We just want to tell our story or get to our next line, quip, or whatever else we may have. This is walk in wonder. And that God's bringing these things to you all the time, all around you. Just like he turns on the sun every day. And he says, here it is. I'm going to light it up. Go out there and look. And with peace, you can walk in wonder. 
And you can get along in grace. You can get along in grace. With peace, you don't have to be in charge. You don't have to come down on anybody. You don't have to rage at anybody. You don't have to demand. You don't have to say, well, it's because of you. If it wasn't for you, I'd have this other life. Huh. You can just actually get along. And you can get along because God has you. And no one can take you from his hand. He's going to hold on to you. He sent the Prince of Peace to make a difference, settles our hearts, gives us new focus, renews our mind, begins to change us from the inside out, so now we can respond in such a way that is so filled with grace and love and kindness instead of harshness, demanding, and just being ugly to people. And suddenly things begin to change, and that would affect not only an individual, the people around them, the people at work, the people you shop in the marketplace, family. And if we did this well, whole countries, whole countries, and one day that will come because the Prince of Peace will take on the governments, all of them. He will have the government on his shoulders and he will change it all. So that's why we're looking forward to peace with the Prince of Peace and we celebrate him on this day let's pray Father thank you for sending your son thank you for the hope that we have in him thank you for the possibilities that exist in him thank you for coming into our lives in such a way that we can be changed to to become to move into that life that you had prepared for us from before this world was made Thank you for sticking with us, even though we pushed you away or done it our own way so many times. Thank you for thank you for Jesus, the Messiah, and that we get to uh, to know Him, Lord. In this moment, or these moments, as we've looked into uh, these truths into Your Scripture, I pray I pray that You would renew us, heart, mind, and soul. Lord, that we might pursue you with everything we've got. Thank you for allowing us these moments together. And it is in the name of the Prince of Peace we pray. Amen.